2: Today on Locked On Los Angeles Kings, the kids are all right as the youth movement leads the way to a 3-1 victory over the Colorado Avalanche. I've got all my thoughts for you on that game coming up next on Locked On Los Angeles Kings, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Today's Tuesday, March tenth. You're listening to Locked On Los Angeles Kings. My name's Sarah. I am your host, and today we're gonna talk about the Colorado Avalanche game. So I thought I'd try something a little different tonight, to get a recap of this game and to get a podcast up for Tuesday morning, without me having to stay up until like three AM to do a recap of a game that doesn't end until like midnight my time. So What I decided I was going to do is just take the brief intermission between periods to record some of my thoughts as the game happens. So it's like, like a live podcast, only not live because you're listening to it later. But like live, unscripted, coming to you from my couch uh, is a little bit of coverage of the Kings game against the Avalanche. And so we have just wrapped up the first period and I don't know, I didn't put a ton of thought into this game Honestly, barely even knew it was on the schedule, sort of got a little sidetracked with real life and didn't quite get a chance to, you know, meditate too deeply on the king's schedule. So saw that they were playing the Avs today and was like, well, that winning streak was real nice, real nice. Uh, and it's probably gonna be over now. So far, though, the Kings have surprised me by going up 2 nothing. and maybe even more surprising so far is the fact that it's the young guys getting it done. Maybe that shouldn't be surprising, because they're the guys who have really been most noticeable over especially this win streak. But from the very beginning of this game, the lines that I noticed most were the fourth line with Amadio and Wagner, and Per and the Villardi firk moore line. Like, they're the guys who I've been noticing. I'll be honest, I've noticed one nice play from Alex Ayafalo. I haven't seen that top line do a single darn thing uh, in the first 20 minutes of the game. Kempe and Lazat have stuck out a little bit, but really it's those bottom two lines getting it done. And, you know, I think that if the Kings want to be competitive in the future, if this is the preview of what we're going to be getting next season, really, that's a great sign for the Kings, because you need those bottom lines to step up, you need that depth scoring, you need that kind of action, if you want to compete against the best in the league, or honestly, if you want to compete against the not best in the league, uh, you can't be a one line team, uh, I guess, unless you're the Oilers. And your one line is you know, they're not even on the same line anymore. But unless you're the Oilers, and you have McDavid and Dreisaitl and like heck with anyone else. But King's getting some depth action today. Austin Wagner opened scoring in the first uh, with a real nice kind of broken play from Prohorkin. Prohorkin took the first shot, which created a huge rebound off of avalanche goalie Pavel Franco. Rebound came out. Wagner found it and just Had basically an empty cage to shoot into. So uh, Austin Wagner proving that he can actually score goals and that he can do them on things other than like failed breakaways. So that was a great moment. And then not too long after, Mikey Anderson got his first career NHL goal. That came just over a minute after Austin Wagner's goal. Anderson's goal was a big shot from him. And uh, he basically, it was basically an own goal from the Avalanche. Avalanche player tipped it in, but you know what? It counts, and maybe Mikey Anderson will be like, yeah, I did that on purpose. Who knows? But really great to see him get his first goal. Everyone on the bench was so super pumped for him, especially including Austin Wagner, who had just the biggest smile on his face as Mikey Anderson came in to the bench for his uh, congratulatory fist bumps. So, two young guys getting the work done. Horkin and Walker with assists on the Wagner goal. Ferk and with assists on Anderson goal. And I think perhaps even more interesting uh, than the young guys getting the work done is the shot disparity. Kings had 11 shots on goal. Avalanche had four. Uh, Even if you look at shot attempts, the Kings are coming out ahead in that regards as well. High danger chances, expected goals for like the Kings are leading all of those things after the first period. This is just such a huge change from the last time these two teams played or really the last two times these teams played where the Avalanche just absolutely dominated start to finish uh, in terms of shots. Kings could could barely get anything in the zone, couldn't get anything happening. Have the Kings figured out the Avalanche or are the Avalanche just not playing their best hockey tonight? Uh, They are on the second half of a back-to-back. They played San Jose and won 4-3. The big question now is, uh, can they keep it up? Can these young guys keep up this momentum and can the Kings do their best to keep the avalanche from even getting into the zone like they there wasn't a whole bunch of zone time for the avalanche most of their shots have come from either kind of around the blue paint or really like way back at the blue line so not what we're used to seeing from the avalanche but you know what we'll take it coming up next i'll be back in like i don't know half an hour or something to give more live thoughts on the second period of the king's avalanche game coming up next on locked on los angeles king's
1: Oh, and did I mention there are no fees, period? I'm telling you, this one is a real game changer. Check out transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashbackdebit. Discover Bank, member FDIC.
2: Second period, King's Avs. Less King's goals, which is fine. More Jonathan Quick magic, which is also fine. He still didn't have to face a huge amount of shots. The Kings are still doing a pretty good job of limiting what he's facing. He had eight shots that he actually uh, got to in that second period. He, He looks like old Jonathan Quick and not old as in like what everyone was saying about him at the beginning of the season, like old and busted, old as in like... The Jonathan Quick that is good. You know, he's just getting his glove on pucks and setting them high. He's getting the tip of his toe on pucks to, you know, stretch across the net and turn people away. I think if there's a story of the second period of this game, it is Jonathan Quick because he is coming up big for the Kings when they need him, including against guys like Gabe Landeskog. And uh, he also stopped a penalty shot against Val Nachushkin. Uh It wasn't particularly the greatest shot. Uh, I think it was telegraphed pretty well from start to finish uh, what Nachushkin was going to do. But still, very important that Quick got that one and didn't let the Avs get on the board with it. Again, we're seeing a lot of activity from the young guys on this team. They are really doing their part to carry it uh, through this game, um, I'm liking a lot what I'm seeing from the fourth line again. Uh, Mike Amadio is having probably one of his stronger games this season. He is noticeable. You know, he, he's even on the power play now, which, you know, you don't usually put your fourth line center on the power play, but he's there and he's uh, he's doing his part. Blake Lesat is having a huge game, uh, very active all over the ice. He has four shots on goal, which actually leads the Kings right now. And he is also kind of one of the leaders in ice time he has 10 minutes and 51 seconds through two periods that is on par with dustin brown that is just a little lower than kopitar and i follow kopitar of course leads the forwards with uh, 12 minutes and 42 seconds through two periods of the game he's having a quiet game he's i've noticed him a little bit more but still the game is really being carried by the young guys and as i'm watching this i'm just thinking like man like a, where was this team in October, uh, and the answer was not not there yet. Um, you know, like. <laughs> Did trading Derek Forbert suddenly fix everything? Did trading Alec Martinez suddenly fix everything? Like, it's a little facetious to to say that. And like, no, I don't mean that like Alec Martinez was a problem in the room. And therefore, that's why the Kings have been bad. Like, no, that's not uh, what I'm saying at all. You know, it is a little, a little addition by subtraction-ish. And not because those players were bad or weren't contributing or whatever. But we're getting a chance for young guys to prove themselves and young guys who are fighting for a spot and who are coming out every night lately with fire under them. Uh, Trevor Moore has been great this game and you know I think that he Rob Blake I think has talked a little bit about um, you know the need to not only get futures to get prospects who are going to be ready to be Kings you know three four years down the line uh, which is something that the Kings have struggled with lately uh, in the past several years because they didn't have any. Uh, They didn't have real great prospects because so many high draft picks and uh, prospects had been traded away in pursuit of two Stanley Cups, which is awesome, but it left uh, it left the whole pipeline bare. And so Blake not only has been building that back up through the draft um, and through trades, uh, like, for example, bringing in Sean Dersey in the Muzzin trade, Tyler Madden in the Tyler Foley trade, but also bringing in younger guys who are in that sort of in-between stage where they're NHL ready now and perhaps weren't getting a big enough opportunity on their old team or, you know, will have a larger have a longer leash here in in Los Angeles, uh, but more as one of those guys who is going to kind of help bridge the gap, it looks like, between sort of the old guard and the new guard coming in, you know, especially considering that the Kings have traded away some of that uh, sort of gap filler, you know, they've traded away Tanner Pearson and Tyler Toffoli, who were sort of at one point looked at to be the guys to help bridge that gap between the Dowdies and the Kopitars and who came next. Uh, Toffoli and Pearson are now gone. They are now bridging gaps for the Canucks instead, who may not necessarily even need that gap bridged because they are assembling quite the collection of young hotshot prospects of their own but i think that i wouldn't be surprised to see blake take on some other contracts if he makes moves over the summer of guys of a sort of trevor moore-ish quality of you know that combination of skill and speed and tenacity uh and that right age range of being someone who can stick around for a little while to help fill some gaps while these younger players, uh, guys who are still down in Ontario or guys who are still in juniors are, are not quite ready uh, to, for prime time, let's say, after two periods. Kings leading the Avalanche two nothing. Uh, the biggest thing that came out of that second period, aside from the fact that the Kings didn't get scored on, uh, was that Nate McKinnon is probable to not return uh, with a injury. Uh, hasn't really been specified what happened. haven't Haven't tracked down quite yet what play he was injured on, but that is uh, not great for the Avalanche. Uh, Because they are already missing some of their top players, including Kale McCarr, Miko Rantanen, and of course starting goaltender Philip Grubauer. Uh, Their injury list is just very long and full of some real difference makers for them. So uh, the third period for the Avalanche has just gotten a little bit harder if Nate McKinnon is actually out. So lots of signs of life from the Kings. Uh, Jonathan Quick bailing them out when they need him to. And again, seeing a lot of young guys stepping up big for this team. So we'll uh, we'll go watch the third period now because it's going to start soon. And uh, we'll be back at the end to kind of wrap everything up and talk about what we see. And uh, we'll, we'll just continue crossing our fingers that uh, this whole episode concept of sort of a live watch only you're going to be listening to it the next morning is going to work. So more to come on Locked on Los Angeles Kings.
0: and even decide whether or not I wanted a chest pocket. All while being incredibly affordable, especially given the quality of the product I was getting. New colors, fabrics, and outerwear styles are added regularly too, so it's easy to create your next look. Level up your game with Indochino. Go to Indochino.com and use code NHL to get 10% off any purchase of $399 or more. That's 10% off at I-N-D-O-C-H-I-N-O dot com with code NHL.
2: You guys, you guys, six wins in a row. What the heck? Six wins in a row against the Avalanche. Yes, the Avalanche are without, again, Nate McKinnon, who was hurt in that game, and, like, basically the rest of their roster. I don't care. The Kings won against the Avalanche in, like, fairly convincing fashion. Uh, The avalanche really poured it on in the third period. The avalanche finally got on the board thanks to Pierre-Edouard Belmer, who took a big shot, which took a bounce off the ice, and sort of changed direction and changed height, which um, helped it evade Jonathan Quick. But that was it for the Avs. They did, like I said, uh, have a huge push in the third period in terms of getting shots to the net. They had 10 shots on goal in the third period. You know, that's not a huge amount, especially considering the way that these teams performed the other times they've met this season where the Avalanche would get like 15, 18 shots in a period against the Kings. uh, And this time they just could not seem to breakthrough could not seem to get anything on the net uh so that 10 shot advantage in the third period even that like the kings still it was 10 shots to 8 in the third so it's not like the kings didn't do anything and i think most encouraging of all is that after they got scored on they fought back the kings did They didn't sit back. They didn't keep being like, oh, well, now it's just a one goal lead. We'll just see what happens. They fought for another goal and Alex Iafalo was the one to deliver. Uh, He had a real great play where he collected kind of a loose puck that was a little bit of a turnover, came out of a avalanche player's skate, collected that puck, went to the net and just roofed it. Um, And so really great work from him to make it 3-1 for the Kings. That sort of felt like, uh, you know, kind of the, 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 end of days for the Avalanche in this game uh, was that I follow goal. Uh, Kings tried hard for an empty net goal in the final minutes. Um, Avs tried hard for uh, an additional goal of their own in the closing minutes, but it was not to be, and the Kings walk away with their sixth straight win, 3-1 to over the Colorado Avalanche. I still, like, I'm just, I'm shocked. I'm like, honestly shocked. Um, This definitely means that like, I don't, I don't know what the rest of the Kings schedule look like, looks like. I think they play Ottawa next. Uh, This definitely means the Kings are going to lose to Ottawa in like really epic fashion just because they have been doing so well lately. Like it feels like that's the karma of just the way this team is. I would love to be proved wrong. I would love to see them beat Ottawa and like whoever is playing on Ottawa, like, Anthony Duclair I think he's still there and that's it I don't know we'll play the can I name an Ottawa senator game um, later this week before that team comes to play Uh, because every time I do it it's always just freaking hilarious I promise I won't study I won't look at their roster I'll try not to learn anything about them uh, before we play can you name an Ottawa senator but this feels sort of like uh, the kind of game uh, the The Kings would lose when those two teams meet, but they beat the Avalanche. No quit in this team. I feel like Alex Iafalo like heard <laughs> heard me on the show on on the live show that he couldn't possibly be listening to. He just heard me like psychically through through the universe that I hadn't seen much out of that top line and he and Kopitar both teamed up uh, for some really good chances uh, in that third period so they finally found some life I follow end of the game with three shots on goal Lazat still had the team lead with four shots uh, tied actually with Ben Hutton in terms of stats like high danger chances the kings came out on top on that one 12 to 7 Uh, overall for the game. Corsi for the Kings had the edge, but not by much. It ended up being 51 to 44 in favor of the Kings all at five on five play, but only in the first period really did the Kings uh, truly dominate the Avs. Uh, The Avs kind of slowly started getting their footing under them uh, as time went on, but that early lead was enough for the Kings, and that's all they needed was just to hang on after that first period, and they did it, and they didn't, they didn't let Up necessarily. They didn't do the thing where they sort of turtle and just let the other team come at them and just pray that Jonathan Quick is a superhuman. Uh, The Kings were like still actively trying to score and actively trying to disrupt the abs. They weren't just sitting back being passive about anything. Uh, So that was a really encouraging sign. Uh, After the game, Drew Doughty mentioned that the Kings just tried to keep this one simple Uh, they tried to keep playing the same way they've played in their other games where they have just stuck to the script and didn't try to get too cute and i think they're learning what they're capable of and they're learning how to adapt that to other teams this is the third time they've seen colorado they've managed to find different ways to win Uh, they managed to get massively outshot in the stadium series and some fortuitous goals capitalizing on some mistakes and Jonathan Quick standing on his head, and that was all they needed. Uh, This game, they did a much better job at keeping the Avs away from Jonathan Quick uh, in the early parts of the game. And by the time that, you know, we, we got to the point where the Avs were really spending a lot of time in the zone, the Kings had a big enough lead that it did not uh, particularly matter. So six-game winning streak for the Kings. This is the longest winning streak the Kings have had since 2017. Back in November and December 2017, the Kings actually won eight in a row, so that's, that's the benchmark the Kings are currently trying to get back to, I guess, is that eight in a row, but 2017 is the last time the Kings have won this many games in a row, which is honestly a little bit depressing, but hey, they are fun to watch right now. They are winning games. I don't care that this is maybe going to screw up the draft lottery by like 0.01%, like whatever. I think it's far more important, both as a fan, to have a game that you want to watch and also for the players to give them motivation and to give them the will to want to come to work basically we saw what it looked like last season when there was no hope when there were no reinforcements when there was no point to playing many of these games and this year the young guys are really stepping up to show why they belong to be here the veterans i think are using that fire from these young guys to step up their own games so we are seeing an interesting time in the world of the kings and it is—it's uh, fun, it's fun and weird, and I like it. And the Kings won against the Avalanche. So that—that's it for today. The Kings won a game. I talked about it as it was happening, and uh, we'll see—we'll see what happens. We'll see what's in store next for the Kings. I'm—I'm uh, I'm looking forward to playing. Can you name an Ottawa senator later this week? It's probably going to be embarrassing, and uh, we'll see how that goes. So that's it for today. You can follow me on Twitter at Right Said Sarah. If you want more great, weird content in between, you can follow the show on Twitter at Locked on LA Kings. Of course, make sure to subscribe to the show if you haven't already. Uh, you can find us anywhere on Apple Podcasts, Google, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you find podcasts, we exist. Go find us, hit the subscribe button, and never miss a show. And of course, the most important thing, tell all your friends all about the show. If you've got a Kings fan in your life, make sure they're on board with this show so they never miss a moment and they never miss some Kings news or what have you. So that wraps up this edition of Locked on Los Angeles Kings. Now go tell your smart device to go play the most recent episode of Locked on Fantasy Hockey or, you know, just go find it in your app or whatever, but get all of the fun stats, fancy stats and figures to help bolster your chances for your fantasy team down the stretch. Have a great day. We'll see you tomorrow. Until then, this has been Locked On Los Angeles Kings, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Gil
0: Martin here, host of the Locked On NHL Podcast. Join me every Monday for the three biggest stories from across the NHL, including how newly traded players are fitting in around the league. Check out the Locked On NHL Podcast every Monday, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts.